Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am the L of the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. I love this episode that I'm going to share with you. It's a bit of a quick one, but I think that it's worth it. At a later date, I'm going to have this particular guest back and we can talk about his career. But considering some of the events over the last few weeks in the world of boxing, I was like, I need to call David Schuster. And so I I texted Shu and I said, listen, I just want to talk boxing with you for a little bit. Occasionally, this would happen on the radio show where if I wanted to talk boxing with someone, I would talk with Schuster. And a lot of people didn't realize that this guy is David's been at a lot of the biggest fights in history covering them on top of being an incredible reporter on basketball and which he did for decades at the score. He loves the sweet science. And then after Nate Robinson got knocked out, I was like. I should probably call David because he covered Nate Robinson. He knows Nate Robinson and he can talk to me about what happened and why it happened. David's doing a great job right now. He's doing some podcasts with the folks over at Bears Bar Room. And he's lending his experience to a lot of different things. You should follow him on Twitter at ShoeMouse, S-C-H-U, Mouse. That's right. Get it. Schuster, shoe mouse. That's that's his thing. That's what he does. Before we get to the interview, I have to tell you contractually. This podcast is brought to you by the fine folks over at Team Hochberg. That's right. My man, David Hochberg. If you are looking to buy a home or you're looking to refinance a home, this is the person that you want on your side. Eight, five, 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 six, David friend of mine hit me up last week and said, hey, put me in touch with Hochberg, thinking about doing a refi. And I was like, of course, because David helped me get the loan for my condo and he helped me get the loan in for my house. So I use him. It's not just he's not just an advertiser. He's he's a friend. Eight, five, 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 six. David is the way you can hit him up. And if you want to take a look at his stuff before you, you leap. You can do that, too. Check out his website. If that helps, 56david.com. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. We are also, also brought to you by the fine folks at Mazda of Orland Park, zoomzoomnation.com. Right now, I'm not in the market for a car, but if I was... I would talk to Eric out there at Mazda of Orland Park and I'd get myself a car. If you're in the market for a car, you should go out there and see them people. They're good people. So I called Shu and he was like, yeah, I, 
I'm always down for talking about boxing all the time. So I wanted to pick his brain. You talk about a guy that has seen a lot of fights, that knows the game, that knows a bunch of the players involved in boxing. You can tell that it is a passion of his, and it's the whole reason that this whole episode is about some of the farcical aspects of boxing. So this is me getting an opportunity to sit down and talk with a friend. David Schuster, talking boxing, and Nate Robinson on the House of L podcast. You're a boxing purist. You're someone who loves this sport. I do. And you covered the Bulls for forever. So what was it like watching Nate Robinson jump into the ring and get his ass whooped? Uh, embarrassing. Um, for the Are we recording now? Yeah. <laughs> it was embarrassing. You know what? You don't walk into a boxing ring just because you're a great athlete and think that, you know, you're going to make – make magic. It doesn't work that way. Boxing is a sport unto itself. It's so funny because I, I, I've talked to Kendall Gill a lot and Kendall Gill, of course, former NBA player, good dude on top of everything else, but a boxer, you know, he, he boxes seriously and actually has boxed professionally and has a, an undefeated record next to his name. And we both talked about it in advance of the fight. And then of course, after the fight and you, you know what his exact terminology is, you don't play boxing and you don't, mm. you know, um, is, as goofy as the other guy was. And uh, I think it was Jake Paul. There's two of them. There's Logan Paul, who Floyd Mayweather's going to fight, which is a really joke. Yeah. And I want to get Paul. to that. I do want to ask you about that, but it looked That's like fun. Jake Paul was taking it a lot more seriously than Nate was. Well, I, I'm sure Nate was taking it serious, but not realizing what he was getting into. Again, you don't play boxing. You just don't. Um, you have to know what you're doing. I boxed myself once upon a time way back in college. And, and then when my son got old enough, um, I actually got him lessons and I did it along with him again. It's a tiring sport, almost unlike anything else. Wrestling and boxing are the, probably the two most tiring things that you can do. Number one, real wrestling, not fake wrestling. And uh, although I'm sure fake wrestling is pretty tiring in its own right. But you don't play boxing, and unless you know what you're doing, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure, and that's exactly what happened to Nate Robinson. Would you want to see him fight again? Nate, no chance. Somebody else in the NBA fight this guy, Jake Paul? Yes. In fact, I've even asked Kendall, would you do it? And, of course, Kendall's response was, for the right money. <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty lucrative, and it could be lucrative. I don't think that Jake Paul wants any part of Kendall Gill. You know who I kept thinking of? another guy that he doesn't want to – I kept thinking about James Johnson. James Johnson, well, he's um, he's a black belt. Yeah. Yeah. I You know, I don't know what his boxing skills are, but, yeah, somebody did mention that also on one of the message boards that you don't want James Johnson in there because he is a black belt. You know, again, there's a lot of tough guys in the NBA – but being a tough guy and pushing people around underneath the basket is not boxing. Boxing is, like I said, is a sport unto itself, and you don't play it. Okay, so let's go to the main event in that. Like We all got our jokes off about Nate, and it was discouraging to see him knocked out the way that he was. And honestly, I was a little worried about him. But then we get to Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. You, you covered both of these guys in, in their prime. You were watching their fights. Did you have any interest in that fight? No, but because of the pandemic, I figured, what, for forty nine ninety five or whatever it is, I'm not going out. 
and it's a cheap night, you know, in to watch boxing, of which I, it's exactly what I did. Now, there was boxing actually earlier in the day. We can talk about all the fights that have been um, already staged in, in December and ones that are upcoming. Um, but yeah, I, I stayed in and I watched it. I wasn't really interested in it that much. It was probably better overall than I thought it would be. Uh, Tyson was okay. Roy Jones was bloated and, and was horrible. They called it a draw, but it wasn't a draw if you want to be technical about it. Um, so it, it was okay. It was better than what I thought it was, honestly. I, I kept wondering because I felt like w w with Roy, it had only been like 18 months since he had been in the ring. But you're right. It didn't seem like he took the training all that seriously. And I was kind of hoping that he did. He He's one of those fighters to me. Like Roy Jones, I remember watching Roy Jones. I forgot who it was that he knocked out. But he hit a guy with a, a body blow that just destroyed. Like you saw the guy crumple in the middle of the ring. So I was kind of sad that I didn't get the best showing of Roy Jones against Mike Tyson. Yeah, well, again, one's 54 years old, one's 51 years old. Roy Jones at 51 looked a lot worse than Mike Tyson at 54. Roy Jones in his prime was an unbelievable boxer, an unorthodox unbelievable boxer who, you know, could hit you from all kinds of angles. Um, but he was horrible in this fight. First of all, he was bloated. He was not in shape. Um, it, was a, it was a money grab on his part. And he was dead-ass tired by the third round. And remember, these rounds were only two minutes apiece. So he was just basically holding on. I think Tyson, if he wanted to, he probably could have killed Roy Jones in the ring that night. But if you noticed, after about the third or fourth round, he was only hitting him in the body. Now, I'm sure those still hurt, but he was not going upstairs at all. He was just basically carrying Roy Jones at that point. Do you imagine that Tyson will keep fighting? Yeah, I think he will. I mean, first of all, uh, the pay-per-views were $1.2 million. Wow. Which is, which is a lot more, and that those are the legal ones. I'm sure there was a bunch of illegal ones, obviously, nowadays, too. I mean, those are but, UFC numbers. Like those, That's what UFC gets for a pay-per-view. Yes, and, and the boxing pay-per-views, which, by the way, are bloated price-wise, wise, um, you know, at least this was more respectable at forty nine ninety five or whatever it was. Nowadays, like I just watched the uh, the um, Spence uh, uh, um, Garcia fight the other night. That was seventy nine ninety five. Okay, so I mean, some of these are just priced ridiculously. Um, do I think Tyson's going to do it again? Yes, I do. I think he's lost a hundred pounds in pretty fair shape for a man who's fifty four years old. Not like he once was once upon a time. And, you know, he smells not only money for himself, but I truly believe that, you know, a lot of this money is going to good cause beyond just him. And I think he's going to continue doing this, May, you know, and what he's talking about also doing, um, Lawrence, and it's interesting, he's getting guys who used to be former basketball players, former hockey players, former tennis players, going against whether other people of that ilk or celebrities and, and whether it's pay-per-view or it's going to be sponsored on regular, you know, television, I'm not really sure. And um, probably doing this, you know, going forward. And he's got a lot of sponsors and, and big money people behind him. So, yes, I do think he's going to continue. Whether he's in the ring himself, I think for a while he might do it. But I think they have a bigger idea of what to do here going forward. So Mike Tyson as promoter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can get with that a little bit. Is there a retired boxer that you wouldn't mind seeing get back in the ring 
Well, it depends how retired you are. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Andre Ward, who's only retired a couple of years, who probably still would be in the prime of his life. He retired undefeated at 168 pounds, or actually 175 pounds when he finally finished. Yeah, I'd love to see him in the ring, but he's only like, you know, somewhere in his mid-30s. If you're talking about guys who are in their upper 40s or even 50s, very few. I mean, they talk about uh, maybe Tyson going against Evander Holyfield one more time. I don't know if I want to see him bite his ear off again, to be honest. I, I don't want to see that. What about De La Hoya? Is there any interest in seeing him fight again? Uh, <laughs> um, he's Well, he's talking about not only doing it exhibition-wise, he's actually talking about getting back into the ring for real. I think he's out of his gourd. First of all, he, he's got enough money, I think, as a promoter. Yeah. Golden boy. He doesn't need to do this, but... You know what? Some of these guys may have take might have taken one punch too many to the head, to be honest with you, and they still have such a vanity about themselves that they think that they can still do it. That's not where Tyson's coming from, but De La Hoya probably thinks he can still do it. And so, yes, he really does want to get in the ring. Do I want to see him do it? Honestly, no, I do not want to see him do it, but he's going to do it, by the way. After watching these guys put on this show and then watching the buzz you know, on Twitter and Instagram with Nate, I kept thinking to myself, and as part of the reason I wanted to talk to you, I kept thinking, if I'm Terrence Crawford, or if I am Errol Spence, or if I'm Triple G, and I've seen like the massive amounts of money that have been made with kind of this carnival show of boxing, like if I'm Terrence Crawford, I might be the best boxer on the planet right now. And no one kind of cares that I'm the best boxer on the planet. What, yeah. Why hasn't there been that crossover for great boxing to go to the place where we are talking about it the way that we talk about this like freak show thing? Yeah, well, remember, you're talking to a person who takes all of this really seriously, and I love this more, you know, to get the people back to like it was where Hagler and Hearns and Leonard and all and Duran, you have to get it a couple of ways. You got to get it more to the mainstream of sports fans. Right now, I you know I don't know if I'm a mainstream boxing fan. I'm I'm a hardcore boxing fan. But you've got to appeal. Where Terrence Crawford comes up short, unfortunately for him, and Bob Arum is a thousand percent correct about this. He needs Terrence Crawford to promote himself. Just the other night, when Errol Spence won his fight, what should have happened is that Terrence Crawford should have stormed the ring after the fact, got in the ring, and stuck his fingers or thumb at Errol Spence and demanded that they fight. But no, he just sat, you know, comfortably in his seat about a thousand yards away down in Dallas and didn't do anything. You need boxers to promote themselves. Muhammad Ali was great for so many reasons, but the number one reason he was great is because he was the greatest promoter of himself of all time. You know, so that's what you really need. You need people to promote themselves. Even Errol Spence, he's sort of like a deadweight when it comes to promoting himself. They're great boxers. Don't get me wrong. And I love it, you know, to watch it. But again, I'm a hardcore person. You need that casual person to get more involved. Same thing with Triple G. We're great boxer, but you don't really know a lot about Triple G. And now we're we're kind of at the end of his boxing career now. And he's been this great boxer for, you know, a decade and a half. And it's like, oh yeah, there's there's Gennady Golovkin. Like it's 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 it makes me feel bad because I, I'm definitely below where you are as a boxing fan. But I, but I love it more than I would say a casual fan does. And I've been to enough fights 
up close do you see what these guys go through and how they train it just it's just it's a shame that some of these guys are not getting their due amongst the the laymen on how great they are well triple g unfortunately fits into that same mold as errol spence and, and terrence crawford i mean yeah, he was a really hell of a good fighter as a monster, if you want to call him that, in the middleweight division for years and years. Now, he's, as you alluded, he's at the tail end. He's in his upper 30s. But, you know, his English was pretty broken. All he could, you know, constantly say is big drama, big drama, big drama. And after a while, that's sort of boring. You know, you need to promote yourself in that sport. Listen, they should take a page out of professional wrestling. Get a Ric Flair. Get a get a Bobby Heenan. Get somebody like that and promote it. You know, you shouldn't have Bob Arum uh, being the main promoter of boxing. You should have the boxers themselves be those kind of guys. Don King was worth his weight in gold because he promoted the blank out of everything. Um, unfortunately, there's just too many dull guys. Um, now that you're seeing maybe some of the younger guys like Teofimo Lopez, he's pretty exciting, and Ryan Garcia, these guys are promoting themselves. Even Tank Davis, even though I think he's a little bit of a, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, uh, you know, sort of a scary guy outside the ring. But they, these guys promote themselves, and they know how to handle the microphone, which is pretty damn important nowadays. Another guy that we could put on that list, Canelo. Same thing. Great yeah. fighter. No one cares. Like, it's it's. It, it, you know what? And he's great with the Mexican community and his pay-per-views will always be good just for that reason alone. But think about if he spoke English. I hate to be this way, but think about if he spoke English where he could cross over and get in front of the cameras and instead of having an interpreter. And he's, he, he understands English just fine. He doesn't want to embarrass himself, uh, himself rather by not speaking perfect English. So he doesn't speak English in interviews, but he understands fluently what, what people are saying to him in English. So, yeah, so boxing needs uh, their version of Conor McGregor. Yeah, perfect example. Conor McGregor, when he fought uh, Floyd Mayweather, it did 4 point some odd million pay-per-views. That's insanity, insanity. But Conor McGregor was more of the promoter of that fight, if you will, than even Floyd Mayweather. So, yeah, that's exactly what you need. What do you make of Floyd's just his boxing legacy. I mean, I don't even want to talk about Floyd the person. But it even at the end of this thing, where now it's him versus Logan Paul, and I'm like, I know how this fight's going to go. It's going to go like every Floyd fight. He's one of the best defensive fighters I've ever seen. This guy's not going to touch him. And and he's going, and people are going to be like, oh, he, he, he didn't knock him out. That's not what Floyd does. Floyd lets you tire yourself out. And, and he, he just walks you through it, and then he's just scoring, 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 scoring. On, but what do we take away from where his career is at right now, considering that he still has that zero you know, next to his name as far as losses go? Well, he's not a professional boxer anywhere. He's a professional boxer in the sense of he's going to get paid for what he does. But it's all exhibitions at this point. He's not fighting anybody legit. He, Conor McGregor was not a legit fight, even though technically it went down as 50-0. and 0. He got to his 50-0 and 0 like he wanted to because they sanctioned that damn fight, which is ridiculous. And he carried him, obviously. He tired him out in the 8th, ninth, and finally knocked him out in the 10th round. He could have knocked him out 30 seconds into the first round if he really wanted to. What he's doing upcoming is nothing more than a money grab. It's pretty obvious. Um, Floyd in his heyday, it was probably the best defensive fighter I've ever seen. That shoulder roll, you could not touch him. You just couldn't. 
Um, he was a decent puncher, not great. He was a good counter puncher. Um, he earned his, his undefeated record. He was probably the smartest fighter when it comes to bankrolling himself. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody on his level ever. Do I want to call him one of the greatest fighters of all time? No, actually, I don't. But uh, he's still a damn great fighter in his own right. Who's someone that I should be watching? Who, who you got your eye on as far as boxers go? Well, Teofimo Lopez, for sure, in the lightweight division, it just knocked out who everybody thought was the pound-for-pound great in Vasily um, Lomachenko. Um, there's another guy in, in that lightweight division, Ryan Garcia. He's 20-0 and with 17 knockouts. I mean, he's definitely somebody to watch. The Canelo Alvarez-Callum Smith fight, that's going to be a good fight. I don't think there's any question about that for the super middleweight title upcoming. Uh, Joshua and uh, Kobra Kulov, I think that's how you say his name, they're fighting Shakur Stevenson in the junior lightweight division is much like Tank Davis. There's a lot of good young fighters, you know, and, and Lawrence, I'm, I'm, I am hardcore. So I do have ESPN plus I do have the zone. It's, it's a small amount of money to pay a month to, you know, to get my yayas out all the time. Uh, so yeah, I love it. And there's still there, you know, and, and for all those people who say boxing's dead, boxing's dead, it's not dead because there's a lot of networks that continue to cover it, the zone and ESPN and Fox sports one and, and showtime it's CBS. And yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the money is there for all these fighters. As long as the money's there, you can't say the damn thing is dead. One more thing. One more fighter. I want to ask you about what's your take on Tyson Fury as a fighter. Huge, obviously six, nine. I mean, the reason he beat Wilder easily last time easily is because he just leaned on him. I mean, he outweighed uh, Wilder by 40, 45, 50 pounds. I don't know how much more he weighed. He just leaned on him to the point where he tired him out, and Wilder coming into the ring with that stupid outfit, you know, 50 pounds of stuff on top of him. He was an idiot. Um, and all he has is his right hand, and he was so freaking tired um, that Fury knocked him out. Now, Fury... Ultimately, I think we'll fight Anthony Joshua, and Fury's much bigger than even Joshua is, believe it or not. And Joshua's chin is not that good. So right now, even though Fury is not a power puncher, he's 6'9", he's 255, 260 pounds, he's a monster, and he's going to be really tough to beat over the next couple of years. If I made you commissioner of all of boxing, which is a big problem because there isn't really that, and you get to make one fight, what would the fight be? Well, right now, that one fight, obviously, would be Spence and Crawford. I mean, they're, they're two of the best five pound-for-pound pound, uh, fighters in the world, and they're in the same division, and, and they're both undefeated. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Boxing's a very dirty business. It always has been. It probably always will be, you know, whether it's the promoters or the sanctioning bodies and, and so on and so forth. You know, it's just too bad. And there's just way too many commissions and, and WBOs and BAs and all this other garbage. It's just too bad because if they could just get rid of that, which they won't, then you could have some really great fights. But that would be the one fight I'd like to see. And I want to see it soon because already Crawford is 32 and Spence is 30. And if you keep marinating and marinating it, then it turns out to be the exact thing that Mayweather and Pacquiao was. It's past their prime. And then it's just the sideshow. Is there any celebrity that you would like to see beat up? <laughs> yeah. How about the president of the United States? 
Well, they they got him. I remember when he was doing stuff with WWE. They got him there. Uh, I don't think that he would. Although I would have paid money, legitimately paid money, see him and Biden fight. Biden kill him. I agree with you. I don't. Biden's in shape for his age. Uh, Tubby is Tubby is not in shape. I I would have paid like if, if if we got to settle it that way. Let's settle it that way. Let's let's put on the the, the gloves and send you into the ring and, and let's see if Scranton beats Manhattan. I think Bob Arum and Don King would be so great. And and you know it's too bad that guys like Bobby Heenan unfortunately are long you know are long gone. But to get all those guys involved, you know it it'd be classic. Only in America. <laughs> shoe as always man you are the best i love this thank you for doing this hey thanks for having me i appreciate it lawrence always so there's my man david schuster i'm glad that you got a chance to listen to this episode and we had a lot of fun on it i'm i'm looking forward to maybe doing a, a couple more things with david and i do want to have him on to talk about his career because that's also extremely interesting i appreciate him for being available and it was a lot of fun. If you like to email the podcast, it's been a while since we've done like an email segment, but I brought it up in one of the, the earlier, or actually a couple of the earlier pods. If you like to email the podcast, you got something that you want to say about one of the guests or one of the subjects that we do on it, houseoflpodcast at gmail.com. I'll say that again for you. Slowly. Houseoflpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I want to go into some of the emails that you guys sent, but before I do that, let me tell you that this podcast is brought to you by the fine folks of Mazda of Orland Park. ZoomZoomNation.com is where you can check them out online, and we are brought to you by Team Hockberg. If you are buying a home or refinancing your home, this is the place where you want to go. You want to talk with David Hockberg. He helped me. He can help you. 855-56-DAVID. Or you can go to 56david.com. I'm not kidding. He's uh, very helpful when it comes to figuring out some of these things. And he's been very generous to this here podcast. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender in MLS number 112461. A lot of people have emailed the show about our Star Trek podcast that Maggie and I did. And we're going to continue to... To, to do these uh, when when it makes sense, when it makes sense for Maggie, when it makes sense for me. But I we talk a lot about Star Trek like throughout a week, like we'll text because I'm if you don't know, Star Trek, the next generation and Deep Space Nine run basically on a loop on BBC America. So I get an opportunity to watch some of these two, three, eight, a dozen times over and it's a lot of fun for me. And obviously, you can watch stuff on Netflix, too. But we have we go back and forth and talk about these things, and it's so, so fun. This from David. David writes, you guys are nailing it. I got to say that I've been a single dad for over six years, and I never thought much about Jake and Benjamin Sisko being so much like my daughter and I. This is hitting me in the feels that you were talking about it. DS9 is my jam. And I love to have a podcast per season, one of the best or the best per episodes per individual seasons. Thank you for this. Oh, that's nice, David. I'm glad that we could help you out and have you connect a couple of different things that you love. 
And again, if you want to email us, House of L Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I think that the relationship between Jake Cisco and Benjamin is is terrific. It's really, really unique. And I'm glad that you were able to take something out of our breakdown of it. Now this one, this one that that Quentin sent is really, really, really long. But I'll give you a paragraph. Hey, Lawrence, my name is Quentin, and I want to thank you for the pod you with you and Maggie. It was quite refreshing to hear two avid Trekkers speak on a franchise that is seen with its recent resurgence. Personally, it is great to hear a black man that can talk Trek. Oh, I thank you. Especially for me, it is hard to find contemporaries that feel the same joy as I do in watching all of the content that has been provided through the years. Now, as far as what topics I would like to hear you all cover, there's a lot in here, like best music score, rate all the movies. I don't even want to talk about the movies. I'm sure Maggie and I will have a conversation about it, but I'm I'm not really a fan. I'm like, I've seen this all of them, and I love Wrath of Khan. Khan! But I don't think that that's in the cards for us to... This one might be interesting. Worst Star Trek episodes. I think best guest stars might be good, too. And your suggestion about greatest villains, that's happening. That episode is 100% happening. So thank you, Quentin, for that. And again, if you want to email us, houseoflpodcast at gmail.com. It doesn't have to only be about the Star Trek episode. You can email us about other things, too, and other guests, like... This guy did. Brian. Brian listened to the Living Abroad episode. If you haven't checked it out yet, you need to go back and check it out. My man Paul Aspen was so great. He says, Lawrence, my name is Brian. I was in the Army from February 2001 to 2003. I lived in Germany for two years. I also spent seven months in Kosovo. Germany was awesome in many ways. It's a lot like here. There are some differences, though. A 16-year-old could drink in a bar but not drive until they were 18. So a little note to U.S. soldiers, if she can't drive, she's too young. That's a good note. You can take your dog just about anywhere. Bars are open just about all night, some even closing at 8 a.m. You can set your watch to the transportation system without fail. Also, no bacon and eggs for breakfast, mostly cheeses and breads. I don't know if I like that. I like my bacon. He concludes by saying, I could talk about much, much more. I hope this works for now. I enjoy listening to your show on 670 as well as your podcast. I thank you for that. Yeah, a lot of people, it hit them in a, in a, in a good place hearing Paul talking about living abroad. It's a, I think it's a fantasy that all of us share in. The idea of just picking up and starting over and going somewhere. And I have a friend that has been working on her resident status has been trying to like through her heritage has been going through some of that to make it so that if she wanted to move to Germany, she could we'll see how it turns out. She'll actually end up being on the podcast in a, in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be fun, but this was great, man. I really appreciate you all showing up and showing out for all the different episodes that we do. I'm kind of back into my whole creativity thing. I have done some really cool individual episodes with journalists. 
about their careers that are going to be coming up that I think that you're going to find fascinating. The Queen's Gambit episode is on its way. Just got to add one more part to it, and then we're good to go. But I've already gotten my ass kicked by Joanne. So we will talk about our matchup, our socially distanced chess that we played. Thanks for listening and the support of the podcast. If you want to email us again, houseoflpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Mazda of Orland Park, ZoomZoomNation.com. And thanks to Team Hochberg and Homeside Financial for their support of the podcast. Support those who support us. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.